0: Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation.
1: Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground
2: underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. Right? With all due respect, so... So am
0: I. I have a
2: plan. <laughs> it's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of
1: like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're... We're a time... Model.
2: Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and
1: Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am crew.
0: That I did know.
1: These people may be isolated, unbalanced, but I believe with the right push, you can be exactly what you need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you.
2: I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen. Online and ready.
1: And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. Um, Okay, let me get this roll call. It's Eric. Yo. Because we weren't supposed to have Kylan, it's Bart, but we have Kylan, so it's Kylan and myself, Mike. I am so...
0: I'm glad you at least remember your own name
1: Okay (laughs) You know all those
2: comics where Spider-Man Teams up with the Fantastic Four Yeah Same thing
1: You Mike, him Kylan, me Eric Him Bart So you're saying I need to go get a bag to put over my head no, Bart, Bart's like our Rick Jones.
2: Oh, that's even better. That's, I don't that, know that reference,
0: so I don't know if I should it, be offended or not. Well,
2: even even more importantly, Bart, can you play the guitar? No. Ah, yeah. oh, crap.
3: Can you play air guitar? Yes. yes. All right.
2: Okay, you're in then.
3: Rick, 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 Jones Rick Jones is probably one of the coolest non-powered humans in the Marvel universe. Yeah. That has not... Wait, I was about to say that has not hooked up with She-Hulk, but... We don't know um, that for a fact. We, we don't know that for sure. No, we don't. You know, the other you have one, no
0: idea how to talk to a woman, do you?
3: <laughs> I mean, because I was, you know, there's Wyatt, but you know, Wyatt and She Hulk. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. So
2: well. So Bart, Bart, your field agent assignment for next time is to read up on who Rick Jones is. Okay. <laughs> and you, you will thank me for
3: the reference.
2: You will not hate him. We'll put it that way. I'll put you like that, yes. Rick's if, actually pretty cool. If you do, we could kick him off the show. Oh,
3: wait. Maybe not. <laughs> he has
2: the keys to the hellabus, Mike. I do. Oh, darn. Never mind. Remember when I tried to hotwire the thing? You remember <laughs> how well that went? It's a microbus. Just push it. <laughs> Once it that hits the helibus, it's going. <laughs>
0: Leave, I, you know, I have pushed enough micro buses in my day. I know how to do it.
1: Well. This is why we have you around, Bart.
3: Yeah, yeah Bart. That's true. Because, you know, now, we know how reliable the, the helibus is. So, you know
1: check out the homepage. You're going to see some changes to it on the right-hand side. Still got our store there where you can get your Mighty Marvel Geeks hockey jersey. Kyle and I both have one, and they're a great-looking shirt. They are. Art's seen it, I'm sure. He could attest I to have. it. Um, hey, spring training training camps have opened. Get your Mighty Marvel Geeks baseball jersey and hat as well. Wear them to the ball. Wear them to the ballparks this year. Um, check out Loot Crate. Check out Ripped Apparel. Check out Red Bubble. Uh, superhero stuff. All these are are places you would go help support the show and since we're talking about the keys for the hell of us and, and Kylan has the keys I do just are, are you tired of losing your keys <laughs> us too I am actually yeah us too and we're also tired of Kylan losing the keys to the hell of us. <laughs> But luckily, Found Me helps you keep track of everything so you never have to lose your things again. That's important. If I could get one of these implanted so I don't lose my mind, it'd be great.
2: Um, No, we need to give one for Jimmy Buffett so he can finally find that shaker of salt.
3: (laughs) Salt, 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 sorry.
1: <laughs> I am hearing things fall all around me, and I don't know what it is. So, are you losing things? Maybe you need one of those find maybe. me thingies. <laughs> maybe. Uh, these are tiny Bluetooth trackers, which feature licensed fan approved designs, which the Marvel ones right now are all Spider Verse. And I guess I don't think you guys could figure out which one Zoe wants. Um, and they're easy to find in your bag or backpack, or you could just stick them on like your tablet or your phone, whatever. Um, just go to foundme.com. That's F O U N D M I.com and use the code Field Agents, all one word, to get 15% off your first purchase and if you go to the website there's um, the picture of the found me and you click on it it'll take you to their site and again use the code field agents 15% off your first purchase. There you go. So um, so yeah that's a new affiliation with us. Uh, right now Weeby Geeks and, Mighty M- and Wookie Radio is partnered with Heroes and Villains who these are the guys behind what's coming out in most of in the uh, Star Wars loot crate it comes out this month and next month. Um, so they're behind most that right now they're doing only Star Wars, but eventually Marvel is coming, and I'm sure once they get the Marvel stuff, we'll be partnered up with them as well, like the other two shows. So, um, so let's hit some news that made us go for the at least for us things that make us that made us said duh <laughs> uh,
3: cuz we call this uh way way back so uh yeah. n- news flash everybody uh Netflix canceled uh Jessica Jones and Punisher now they they announced canceling Jessica Jones before they even announced when the final season is coming out you know but you know props to them for keeping it real um we're giving her the axe but here's when she's coming out but we 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 all knew this was coming this 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 isn't news per se i i'm just surprised that they took this long because was it uh with uh with daredevil it, it came out pretty much immediately
2: yeah, yeah, and when when Netflix was canceling everything else, we were sitting here discussing when Punisher Jessica Jones were going to get the axe. Right. And I think we pretty much called it as they would they would release the season mm-hmm. and then immediately afterwards say, "Oh, by the way, this is the last."
3: Yeah, exactly. And
2: that, and, and – We're only about a month off.
3: Yeah, about and I, I I don't know why they decided to wait that long, but, you know, it is what it is as much as I hate Make that So, you know, so, yeah, so we got, you know, and the, and the thing is, I mean, they, you know, they, they came out with the standard, you know, letter, you know, saying that, you know, this is the last season for these shows. Uh, we know we thank the crew for the crew and the and the uh, cast for, you know, working really hard and giving us great product and blah, blah, blah. All the, you know, the standard stuff that they give us with each of these series. So, you know, well, the thing is um I, I, you know it, it's it's just it's uh it's pretty evident you know, it's pretty obvious that you know that there are some other things going on behind the scenes here um cause why would you cancel uh hugely popular shows um but wait hold on um doesn't uh isn't there a deal that's going to be uh going through here in the next um what maybe month or so
2: <laughs> about about disney and fox merger which means disney's going to take a going to take a stake in hulu a competitor yes oh and let's not forget disney plus Right. Another competitor.
3: Yeah. As you know, and and, but we also saw the writing on the wall because, you know, um, early last year, you know, we started hearing about uh, Netflix buying up um, the Millarverse. so the thing is Netflix isn't really hurting to be honest with you okay yeah they're saying goodbye to Marvel but Netflix Netflix uh, number one they changed they completely changed the rental game number two they've become more or less their own movie company and number three they know how to do series Um, so you know I you know they're they're not going to be hurting uh, with Marvel being gone now I'll be honest with you. My quest the big question mark that I put on this is, will the will the Netflix series remain on Netflix?
0: <laughs> I think they will at least I for,
1: think a while. for a while. Yeah.
0: How long left, do they still have left for the um, having the rights to those characters?
1: I uh, two years. Yeah, that's, Mar- I think that's Marvel. The, uh, Marvel can't do anything with it for two years. So probably for at least two years, they
2: might keep them to get more views. Right. Yeah, because. I, I mean, like you said, Callan, the the writing was pretty much on the wall when Disney said, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna take all of our uh, all of our movies off of Netflix so we can show them on our streaming service. Mm-hmm. And Netflix, I think, it, I kind of think this is smart on their part. They are starting to focus more and more on stuff they own, Right. exactly, like their own stuff, their their own produced stuff, because. They, it, it worked for them early on as they were like, OK, well, you see all these movies from all these different banners. They're all in one place. Mm, right. Well, they started to produce their own content because that way you don't have to worry about what doing somebody doing what Disney has done and is doing. Right. Oh. And they're not alone. Just about everybody else who
1: can do it is starting their own streaming service. Right, right. Well, oh, look, look at what CBS is doing, and I'm sorry for a network; they're doing it the. I think they're doing it the wrong way. Well, yeah. I agree. I agree. But I mean, I mean, yeah, they've got a whole catalog of stuff that aired on cbs and some of it's cbs owned but i i don't think that's the way they should have done it whereas with with disney i mean okay argument could be made it's the same thing but i i think it's it's totally different as well now, with what's going on, or with what's going on, Netflix is raising their price because they're trying to get what they can out of the people now before everyone jumps ship to Disney Plus. Whereas Hulu is getting ready to drop price, and when they drop price. I think they're setting it up to be affordable to get Hulu and Disney Plus because Disney Plus is supposed to be the cheapest of them all and offer you the most bang. Right. And with Hulu, once the deal with Fox goes through, Disney's going to be a majority shareholder or majority owner of Hulu with either thirty or forty percent. So, um, well,
2: do I? Th- I do think that they are making a mistake. By, you know, canceling, you know, canceling both of these series. Right. But particularly the Punisher. Yes. But, you know,
1: they knew what was coming. I'd be, I'd be rushing to get another Punisher series out or another Punisher season. And I, I'd be, I'd be playing the game that way in announcing, okay, yeah, we canceled Luke Cage. Yeah, we canceled Iron Fist. Yeah, if they wanted to be strategic, announce, Right away. Oh, by the way, we're doing uh, Heroes for Hire. Exactly. Or we're doing Power Man, Iron Fist, and... Daughters of the Dragon. Something. Something with those two characters as a team with Jessica in her role with that trio with the Heroes for Hire. And then you lock Disney out for another, with technically, three years. Just by the time that airs, and then... Disney plus gets up and then they canceled the series It'd be twenty twenty two before they could do anything right, so, but they didn't nope
2: they did not, but I think uh I, I don't think we've seen the last of these characters, oh God no or, or and maybe maybe two years down the line, maybe sooner, I don't know. I tell you who does know joseph loeb he uh after this uh these cancellations were. Uh, were announced, Uh, he published an open letter to Marvel television fans on Marvel's website. Uh, It reads, It had never been done before. Four separate television series, each with different super talented showrunners, writers, directors, cast and crew, coming out months apart, and then they would meet in a single event series, all set in the heart of New York City. We called them the Defenders. And together, we were thrilled by the stories of Daredevil, Jessica jones luke cage iron fist and even the punisher joined in. they said it couldn't be done but marvel assembled amazing teams to write produce direct edit and score 13 seasons and 161 one-hour episodes Take a moment and go online and look at the dazzling list of actors, writers, directors, and musicians who graced us with the very best of their craft. We loved each and every minute of it. And we did it all for you, the fans, who cheered us around the world and made all the hard work worth it. So thank you. On behalf of everyone at Marvel Television, we couldn't be more proud or more grateful to our audience. Our network partner may have decided they no longer want to continue telling the tales of these great characters, but you know Marvel better than that. As Matthew Murdoch's dad once said, quote, the measure of a man is not how he gets knocked to the mat. It's how he gets back up to be continued.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting. So basically just saying this is all on Netflix. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's, not on, it's not on Marvel. It's, it's like You hear sources. that?
2: Cthunk, 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 cthunk. That's Netflix being thrown under the helibus. Yes. Yes.
1: Actually, I, I think I actually have um, the actual thing with um, Jeff Lieb in Netflix. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know how Thursday did it, but she was able to get us the a recording from that meeting where, where he pretty much tells Netflix, it's all you. So right. I, I'm going to play that right now.
2: Right, cool. I am a god, you dull creature. And I will not be bullied by that. No matter how many times I hear that clip or watch that clip uh, Loki at the end just going uh, uh, Just, it, it owns me uh, You mean this? Yes <laughs> It's like a balloon With the air coming out very slowly uh,
1: Yep. So, yeah, uh, that's, that's the whole, that's the whole Netflix thing. And, and Hulu over on the side saying, um, <laughs> so,
2: Oh boy. Anyway. I mean, it's almost like, it, it, it's almost like uh Loba saying, you know, he's, he's channeling his inner Mooshu from Mulan dishonor on you. Dishonor on your cow dishonor on your whole family. <laughs> I do not do a good Eddie Murphy impression. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm truly sorry <laughs> yeah. that's all I got. see there you go so so, yeah, I mean. The letter it, it it does it does do two things. One of them it puts the blame quote unquote blame for all the Marvel Netflix stuff being you know right at the feet of Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it does say, hey, we're not done with these characters yet. Right, which right. I think that's a good way to go because these are good characters. Yes, even Iron Fist.
1: <laughs> well, season two is actually more what we know from the comics than whatever that first thing was. Yeah.
2: Okay. I equated the, the first season of Iron Fist to the first Thor movie. Yeah, it, I'll it's, give you that. It's an introduction, and they're playing up the fish-out-of-water angle. Exactly. Yeah. But if we didn't have the first Thor movie, we wouldn't have had Thor Ragnarok.
0: No. That's true. No.
2: And I think Thor Ragnarok was, wor- was worth having the first Thor movie.
3: Oh, I I, I totally agree. I would Dark
2: World, that. I'm not quite so sure about.
3: Eh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I still, I have. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how I feel about Dark World. To be honest with you, I, I'm still jury's
2: still out on me too. So. But there's the letter. I, I look forward to seeing
1: what he means by to be continued. <laughs> Me too. If we only knew. And I, oh, who was it? I heard someone's name mentioned for Howard the Duck to voice it. Mm-hmm. Was it Seth MacFarlane? No. And, and, and this I'll would be, voice him. This I'll would, voice him. I'll do it for cheap. This is all part of that whole, you know, just look to the future.
2: Mm. I, I am saying this now. I will voice Howard the Duck for cheap.
3: I I, I, yeah. I don't. That's not in my wheelhouse, but I, I, if they wanted to, I, I'd do it. But,
1: you know. <laughs> I, it was One of my friends on Facebook said something, and I can't, I can't for the life of me, I can't, okay. can't well, who remember voiced, who they Who
0: voiced them in the Guardians movies?
2: Seth Green. Okay. Seth Green. Okay. I, why was I thinking Seth MacFarlane? Because it was
1: a Seth. <sighs> There you go. Okay. Okay. It was the Seth Lord. Got it. Yeah. Um, now, Jason Alexander's in the running for the voice.
2: Oh, no. No, he was a uh... man. But Jason Alexander, you got to admit, would be hilarious.
1: Yeah. But that's not who I saw. Oh, my God. It was one of these obvious voices. It's like, okay, if yeah, if it's not this person, then then it, it needs to be no, no show at all. But, oh, my God. <sighs> I don't have it. I, I can't find it. I, I'm totally lost. So anyway, what I'm not totally lost on, and I think I'm okay with this, even though I think it would still be cool to see even briefly at some point of just to have her go, no, is uh when Bree Lawson was hired for the role of, of Carol Danvers. uh Captain Marvel. Um, you know, most people know uh, the bathing suit, swimsuit costume. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, that's what the character wore in 77 with Miss Marvel number one. Um, but all that was left behind um, in 2012 when she assumed the mantle of Captain Marvel and received a whole new body costume that's modern, tactical, protective. Uh, and of course, this was the costume created by Kelly Sue to DeCon- and Dexter Soy when they took over with Captain Marvel number one. And this is what's serving as the inspiration for, for the movie. Now, it it was recently said uh, in a feature over on the Hollywood Reporter that Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige discussed in one of the early meetings with Lawson, um, in which she saw old Miss Marvel comics on the wall. Uh, the quote is, if you look at the comics, the further you go back, the less clothes Carol Danvers seems to be wearing. Um, often Times it's a one-piece bathing suit, basically with outrageous comic proportions. Brie pointed it out on the wall and went, "Yeah, just so you know, that's not what we're doing." <laughs> um, or no, Brie pointed it out on the wall. We went, "Yeah, just so you know, that's not what we're doing." She goes, "Okay, I didn't think so, but I'm glad you said that." So,
3: well, I mean, I mean, you know, for the longest time, that 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 was what she was known for. I mean, that was like her. Costume. Well, I mean, except when she was binary, but you know.
1: Yeah. Well, well I, could could we say that's her? That's that's the outfit underneath her tax suit. It's a compression suit. Sorry. Maybe not enough fabric to be a compression suit. Sorry. No.
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> Now, are you talking about the red and black outfit, or are you talking about the black outfit with the
1: red the lightning S on it. The, they they don't say which outfit. They just say the bathing suit outfit. So, I mean, it could be either or,
2: or both. Yeah, it could be either or one both. because the the one that she had as uh, one she had, I like, say, is uh, Ms. Marvel slash Warbird slash whatever. Yeah, I mean that looks like a one piece, just with long gloves and long boots. Yeah, yeah. And the one from Ms. Marvel number one back in seventy seven, it almost looks like a two piece. Right, right. Which, okay, yeah, that's how they that's how they designed costumes back then. True, true. I like the I like the outfit she's wearing better. I do too. The yeah. outfit that Brie Larson is wearing. Well, let me clarify the the current the current outfit. Yeah, the current outfit. Yeah. And I'm just gonna to touch on this. I like in general, where more of your uh, more of your outfit designs are going these days because we're kind of going away from the the cheesy spandex mm-hmm right and you're going more towards and really the first time I I can remember seeing this is with the first x-men movie yeah yeah I mean th- yes there were a few incidences here and there in in comics and TV and movies that you know you didn't have the spandex but it was seeing the first you know Brian singer x-men movie where these were action suits they were leather. Right. They were not. Uh, they were not spandex. And even it's they, less
0: com- it's less comic book and more real life.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It brings it to be more plausible or more physically grounded or however you want to say that. Right.
3: Well. Well. I mean it was sort of like how, um, and I know a lot of people kind of, no complained about it, but it was like when Daredevil, Daredevil went from the, the spandex, the uh, spandexy thing to, to the armor, you know, um, it was sort of like that gray and red, the gray and red thing he had going on back in the, I think it may have been like late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. Personally, I like that. It, it made sense to me. Um, you know, the the thing that, Thing is, we as a society have evolved, uh, so it doesn't really make sense necessarily to see people you know or see these characters in spandex. Spider Man, Spider Man is uh, an exception because Spidey is very uh,
2: acrobatic. Yeah, yeah. You know, but so- even then, if you look at more recent Spidey outfits, they don't look as spandexy as before. Like, let's take like the Tom Holland Spider Man. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look spandex.
3: No, it doesn't. That's true. And uh, you know, and I feel like that adds people are a little more receptive to these movies because, you know, there's not such an eye roll for you no know, with what they're wearing, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. The stuff is looking less cheesy, I guess is is what we should be saying.
3: Yes. I mean, like even like even Cap- uh, Captain America's uniform. Like I you know, I I wasn't sure. Uh, I was a little nervous like how will you pull off a super soldier who's in a costume brawl. Um, but
2: I they love how it, they, they did that. Suit. They made. It I tactical. love how they did that. Yes. And how they even played on that, that the original Captain America suit was his theatrical suit. Yes. And now he and they just said, you know, he hands Howard Stark the the note said, you know, I had some thoughts about the uniform. Mm -hmm. And then it's kind of like it's got that feel. It's got that feel that you love from the comics. Mm -hmm. But this suit looks functional. This suit looks real. This suit looks like it can offer some protection. Yeah, I agree. And his Winter Soldier outfit. Oh. Oh, that's my favorite. I I mean, that in the comics, that was pretty close to being a spandexy outfit. It was. But by making it kind of vinyl, rubber, armored looking, Mm -hmm. they kept the look. They kept the feel, but they made it look real. Right. Right. Yeah. So there you go. Now I can't wait to see what they come up with a with an iron fist outfit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, going back to that real quick. Uh, just seen um, some point today. Maybe it was today. Mm-hmm. Now yesterday, uh, February twentieth. Eminem spoke out about the cancellation on Twitter. Dear Netflix, recording your cancellation of The Punisher. You are blowing it. Sincerely, Marshall.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, so yeah.
3: Even even Marshall Mathers doesn't agree. So
2: you know. Does yep. that
3: make him a, technically a Marvel fan, I guess, at that point?
1: Uh apparently so. That
2: would be triple M. M M. M and M and M and M. M do
1: so, um, but yet we have even more n- more news that's exiting stage left.
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, um, which I guess this is another, it was expected. So uh, this is another one of those things that's kind of newsy, but it's kind of expected. Gwyneth Paltrow announced her official retirement from the MCU.
1: Okay, is this a surprise or or labeled, I mean, should this be labeled be labeled? A surprise, or is it not a surprise?
3: I say it's not a surprise because I mean, okay, we all know that all of the original Avengers yeah. that th- this is that this is their last ride. We know that. Um, mm-hmm. The only thing that I could even possibly see if is somebody decided to do something with rescue, uh, a rescue series for uh, Disney Plus. Uh, but even then, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be Pepper Potts, you know, for right. that. And if really, if you think about it, Pepper Potts has not really been around a lot in, in the more recent Marvel movies.
0: She, 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 her, her being there has been cut down so much. Yeah, like with each movie as it late. So yeah, and especially if Tony's not there, the only time she's really been seen is when with Tony.
3: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like the plus one. Exactly, and I think she pretty much. Uh, that, and that it seems like that's probably her her attitude now. I mean, she's she's played her part, you know. And, and not that it was an important role; it was a very important role. But uh, we're at that point now where we're where we're saying goodbye to the original Avengers. Uh, however, it may play
2: out in Endgame, we were we're saying goodbye. To, so yeah, and. To be honest, I mean, regardless of what's been said, you know, yes, her, the role of Pepper is an important role, but not a prominent role. No. Not since, not really since the first Iron Man movie. No, not really, no. I mean, it, it, she's had her flashes of it, it, of spotlight, mm-hmm. but just, she's not had the same prominence as she has in that, as she did in that first movie. No. And if that were me, I mean, that would be a, a, a question that I would have to, that I would have to, to answer myself. It's kind of like, you know, I had a good run. I'm proud of what I did, but it may be time to move on. But also, I wonder if there's not just a touch of Natalie Portman here. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, past all the lip service and past all the official statements, I wonder if there's just not a touch of, you know, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. You know, you've got so, some people who and I'm not saying this is a wrong attitude. I'm saying it just because it's there. Right. Some people in the movie business, they have a more highbrow opinion of the roles they should be playing. Yes. OK, like. You know, you you come up, and you go like I should be doing Shakespeare, not you know. yeah. But then there there's some who said this is a high art form. Again, not saying that's a bad attitude to have, right? But if you say in like I'm an artiste, I'm a. I am a clay, a critically trained thespian or something like that. Your take on the part, the roles you play, are going to be different from. I want to get steady work as as an actor. Right. I don't care if I'm doing like the latest Adam Sandler movie or. Uh, you know, it's like how many Medea movies are we up to now? I just uh, no, I just I, I just I just heard an, ad, an an ad for it like last night, where it's did, like uh, the Medea Medea's family funeral, I think it is. Right?
1: And I thought, oh wow, this is the final movie for Medea. So, funeral. but uh, no, I
2: mean, you do these, you do things to work versus you do things for art. Right, and I'm just wondering if the the thought of MCU isn't a little, well, I don't want to say lowbrow, but lowbrow. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, because Gwyneth normally does serious roles, like you know the the uh, what is it, the Perfect Crime or something like that, right? Or just in general stuff that you could say, oh, well, this is in Oscar nomination territory, right? She was never going to get nominated for an Oscar for Pepper Pots,
1: no. no, no, but she did. And, she did bring a level. Of all seriousness to the, ro- yes, to, the fr- was- to the to the whole Marvel universe with it. Well,
2: she was the perfect foil for Tony Stark. Yeah.
3: Well, and you know the thing is, I feel like that Gwyneth actually may have brought a different audience to to the movies as well because you had you have some people who you know, oh, that's that's a comic book movie. I don't have time for that. But it's like, oh, wait, when Paltrow's in it, uh huh, you know. Yeah, and you know, because uh, you, know, you do have some people who some moviegoers who, like you said, you know, they, they view they view filmmaking and movies as a high art form, and they take themselves and they're what they view very seriously. And so, that's why
2: generally you don't see popular movies nominated for the the high rarefied air Oscar categories. Right. Exactly. It's almost
3: like um, for some people, it, it's it's like it, it's the equivalent of walking into, I don't know, a four or five star restaurant and a McDonald's hamburger coming out of the kitchen. I'm not not, I don't agree with that philosophy, but that's how some people view it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I'm not saying it's necessarily wrong. I'm not saying it's necessarily right. That's not what I go to see a movie for. Yeah.
3: Yeah, you know, so I mean for it, I'm not surprised that Gwyneth is, you know, announcing, you know, that she's no longer going to be part of the MCU. It, it it just it doesn't surprise me, you know, it just doesn't. Um I, yeah. it, it it just it, it's pretty much it just falls in line with everything else that uh that we're going to hear in the next several weeks uh,
1: regarding any of the original Avenger uh characters and acts. Right. I, yeah. I agree. So, well, um, how about this? Getting into comic news. Marvel's introducing Spider Bite later this year. You're like, what? Well, Mar- it looks like Peter Parker is getting his own mini-me, according to comic book resources. Okay. Uh, the May solicitations have revealed a new pint-sized costume addition to the Spider-Man universe, a character named Spider-Bite, and he will make his appearance in Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man number six. <laughs> according to Marvel's description of the issue, Spider-Bite really has to step up in his debut story. The neighborhood and the planet is doomed. Spider-Man Man, it's powerless to stop the end of the world. Only the Earth's newest and mightiest spider bite can save the day. Now... Marvel hasn't has no clue as to Spider Bat Spider Bite's origins or his true identity, but judging from the cover art, he appears to be a kid wearing Spidey's iconic costume. Uh, whoever he is, he'll be joining a crowded Spider Verse that already includes Peter, Miles, and more. Uh, but if Spider Bite is that crucial to stopping a major world-ending catastrophe, then maybe we shouldn't discount the abilities that this guy has. Right. Um, now this is not the first time Peter has had a sidekick. Uh, if you remember, Dan Slott and Umberto Ramos introduced Alpha, the costume alter ego of Midtown High student Andy McGuire. Uh, and his name was derived from live action actors, Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield. It was kind of a tribute to them. Um, during the, during the incident at Horizon Labs, Andy gained super strength, speed, and the ability to create powerful energy blasts. Uh, but their fan response to Alpha was almost um mind blowing. It was considered a very universally negative response. Um in a recent interview with Sci Fi Wire, Slot said that his intent for the character, uh that, that was always his intent for the character was to be kind of negative, which why why put out a character that, that's gonna be an instant hill to the fans and, and just not worth it? And it's just a waste of time and energy. It's to be edgy. Yeah. 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 Uh, now, slot slot believes that Alpha story should have been wrapped up in a single oversized issue, um, but also considers that story to be one of his biggest regrets from his time on the title.
2: This is kind of like when I asked Tom Brevoort of anything that you know, that stuck out in his mind as this seemed like a good idea at the time, but turned out not so much. And you remember he was hesitant to ask to, to answer that question because. Mm -hmm. I, I think he was he was he was tempted to say, oh, making Captain America Hydra. Yeah. Yeah. But seriously, putting out an alpha is probably probably at least top 10 on that list. And from the moment you said spider bite, and I'm about to show my age here. Oh, but, I think I know
3: what you're about to say.
2: If you remember the old filmation Batman t- cartoon series
3: yeah. with
2: Adam West and Burt Ward doing the voices, uh huh. Batman. I just got batmite. Yeah,
3: and and batmite is actual an actual part of the bat universe now.
2: Yeah, I mean what made him canon? I get that. I, I did. I hated Batman. I just... Oh, I kept... I kept waiting for Batman to give Batmite the bat slap. <laughs> And when you said spider bite, that's just immediately where my brain went. Yeah, and I'm yeah. I'm just praying. I'm just praying that he doesn't wind up being that level of annoying.
1: Yeah, I I don't want I, my my other fear was he was going to be something similar to uh, um, syndrome at the beginning of The Incredibles.
2: Ah, okay. Oh, there you go, Incrediboy. Yep. Yeah, I, I just I can't. Now, maybe if this was like a Peter Porker, the Spectacular Spider-Ham, that's the only Batmite-style character that I've actually liked. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I'll give you that, yes.
2: Just because he's just hard to take seriously on purpose. Right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I tell you something that I am taking seriously though, because this really looks cool. Is the upcoming War of the Realms crossover? Uh, it's uh, done by Jason Aaron, Russell Dodderman, and Matthew Wilson. Okay, with with a bunch of covers by Art Adams. If that name doesn't ring any bells for you, I, I'm going to pray for you too. <laughs> Oh yeah. So anyway, uh, this may part of the War of the Realms, and, and basically to 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 bring y'all up to speed. If you if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, Malekith the Accursed, a character from the Thor comics. Uh, His forces lay siege upon Earth in War of the Realms, and uh, it's being billed, according to Marvel.com, the most all-encompassing universe-shaking event to hit the mighty Marvel Universe in years. Think about this. Bigger than Secret Wars. Bigger than Secret Empire. Bigger than (laughs) – anything else that had come along in years, years, hopefully at least two, because that would make it plural. After a shock and awe invasion, the Accursed splits the globe into provinces set to be ruled by his dark collaborators. Okay, you with me so far? So far. Yeah. Okay. One does not simply walk into Mordor. We'll bring it to you. <laughs> in May, we are having Agents of Atlas, and this is taking place in uh, in Asia, where Cinder a mortal queen of Mulspolheim and her legions of fire demons. A new band of heroes must unite to protect the Pacific Rim. Uh, this is written by Greg Pak with art by Gang Hyuk Lim and a cover by Billy Tan. Uh, War of the Realm's agents, new agents of Atlas Number One unites new and classic heroes to kick off the four-issue tie-in series starting in May. I got to say, I love the cover. I love the cover because you have a debut of superheroes called Wave, Arrow, and Swordmaster. The story sees Amadeus Cho reassemble his quote-unquote protectors to save the world from incineration. Uh, Cho has successfully led a ragtag team of heroes to defend the Earth from an alien invasion in the past, but can he do it again this time? Now listen to some of the names that are coming back, the established characters. Shang-Chi. Silk, Jimmy Woo, uh, Brawn, and then you have China Arrow, uh, excuse me, Arrow, Swordmaster, and Wave teaming up with this bunch. You had me at Shang-Chi, I'm just going to tell you. Exactly. the The article does ask the question, where is Kamala Khan? Meanwhile... New heroes Crescent Io and Luna Snow are making their own entrance into the Marvel universe. So, how would they impact the global conflict? Okay, uh, you've got you've got some some great characters already. You're adding in new ones. And I'm guessing Braun is this glowing bear-looking thing that's on the cover. He's kind of like Kung Fu Banda meets Baloo the Bear. Okay. Ooh. And I, I, I gotta, I, I'm gotta—I'm going to be honest. I'm going to start picking this thing up when it comes out because Shang-Chi, I like him. To me, he's a very underrated hero. Oh, I agree. Uh, very underutilized. Mm-hmm. Uh, Silk, like her. Cho, the totally awesome Hulk, like him. And so this this really sounds good, and you don't see a whole lot of uh, of Marvel titles focused on Asia. Mm, no, you don't. No, I mean it's very New York centric. Unless, of course, you're Thor, then it's Asgard centric. Yep. <laughs> But it's good to see additional locales in in the comic series. True. I mean, we see a lot of New York. We see we see a good bit of Wakanda and we see a little bit of Latveria. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's we don't really see a whole lot of anywhere else. No, no, we don't. I mean, we we see it, but it's kind of like, oh, the X-Men go to Madripoor or, you know, they, they go to this one place out in another dimension or on another planet or something like that. I'm talking about series that are set in a particular locale right I, i'm looking forward to this guys i really am
3: it, it seems like i remember uh several years ago maybe three four years ago they there was a an what was it agents of atlas one shot yeah. that came out and, yeah you know that was like the first I had even heard heard of Atlas at that point because it, it doesn't come up a lot, you know. It's yeah. So you know, I think that's. It, it, I, I and plus I like Jimmy Woo. Um, I, yeah. I'm, I'm currently <laughs> reading. Um, I'm currently reading Sterank, the Starenko collection for uh, Nick Fury Agents of Shield, and Jimmy Woo just popped up. and I, and I really liked the character, and I, I forgot that he was FBI. So, like in my head, he's you no know, a Shield agent. So.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And of course he's in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yep. Yeah, he is. True to character too. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and see, I like these these limited series that you can pull characters that really haven't been getting a whole lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. like your Shang-Chi, your Jimmy Woo and and all these others. Yep. I still want my Razorback limited series. And hey, if, Mr. You know, Vort, if you're listening, just saying.
3: Yeah. It might happen. I mean, I I'm still holding out for for our uh um, Howling Commandos limited, uh, miniseries. So, you know,
1: there's that a- would be nice too. Oh, speaking of comics and wrapping up our comic news, you know what time it is? Here are the pics of the week. Oh, dang, I was about to say free ice cream, but anyway,
2: you are not authorized to access this area. Oh, now she's now Thursday's nagging at me about my diet. Jeez, no sign of unusual brain activity.
1: Okay, you now know. she's just throwing shade. Yeah, that, she's that's getting just a little saucy. Just a bit. See what we have to deal with, Bart.
2: Every week, I hear
0: her, I hear her just do whatever she wants.
2: Pretty much, yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't remember the salt being programmed in. I just don't. No,
1: I mean, thankfully, I, she hasn't I, done anything drastic like she did the first week, which we oh. really don't need before picks of the week. So, hail Hydra! No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh oh, oh, uh- <clears throat> uh, she went there. All right, she went. Shots fired. <laughs> we're we're going to have issues. Yeah. Well, speaking of issues, it is our picks of the week. Um, And my first pick is Amazing Spider-Man number 16, The Road to Haunted... A hunted starts here. The biggest amazing Spider-Man story of the year starts next month. Don't miss this prologue. The craven thread gets woven into Spider-Man's life in a terrifying way that puts Spidey on the road to ruin. So uh Bart, why don't you give us your first pick of the week?
0: Oh, okay. My first pick is Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur Number forty. Caught between worlds as Moon Girl and the Moon Girl and Devil, tra- tra- excuse me, traverse the dreamscape. All is revealed about their host, Bad Dream, and he isn't what you think. starring Doctor Strange.
1: Okay. Uh, Eric, let's go. You next.
2: Okay, my first pick of the week is Savage Sword of Conan Number 2 by Jerry Duggan, Ron Garney, and Alex Ross. The ancient cult of Kogathun, a mystical treasure, and the only man who can save the Hyborian Age. Adrift at sea, no food, no weapons. Death surely awaits him, but the lion-hearted Conan finds himself, oh, excuse me, is not so easily subdued. Dude by Crom. When Conan finds himself captured, he unleashes his might on an unsuspecting pirate crew, one whose dark secrets will plunge Conan on the trail of ancient treasure that may prove to be his undoing. An all-new age of Savage Sword of Conan begins with a five-part tale of swords and sorcery by Jerry Duggan and illustrated by legendary artist Ron Garney, with covers by the incomparable Alex Ross and breathtaking covers by Garney, Raza, Karmic Legends' George Perez, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles' co-creator Kevin Eastman. Welcome to the deadly Hyborian age. Hope you survived the experience.
1: Hey, Kylan, your first pick of the week.
3: My first pick. Is Iron Fist Deadly Hands of Kung Fu trade paperback, the complete collection, brought to us by Chris Claremont, Rudy uh, Nabriz, and Ken Barr. Danny Rand, wielder of the peerless power of the Iron Fist, must defend the mystical realm of Kun Lun. But Dasha Khan Has a plan That will test Iron Fist's metal Unlike any other woman Like Unlike ever before The warrior sorcerer Seeks the spirit Of the firebird A woman protected By Iron Fist But Khan has The silver dragon At his side Someone with a deep And disturbing connection To dating Rand It's a confrontation That risks Iron Fist's very soul Brought to you By master storyteller Chris Claremont And artist Rudy Nebris, Whose lush ink wash illustrations convey the power and majesty of martial arts like none of also featuring solo adventures by Avira Fist colleague Missy Knight and Colleen Wing the Daughters of the Dragon. Collecting material from Deadly Hands Kung Fu uh, number 10 numbers 18 through 24 number 29 number 31 through 33 and special and bizarre adventures number
1: 25 cool well that brings it back around to me uh, second round um, my His second pick of the week is West Coast Adventures number eight. Kate Bishop's ex, Novar, is back in town in a big way and needs her help with something weird. Do exes ever come over or ever come back for normal reasons? They do not. That's right. Mm -hmm. Something fouls afoot in the City of Angels, and surprisingly, it's not the newly formed Masters of Evil West Coast. Or that Dutch oven guy? No, this reeks of the Hollywood elite with a seriously gross tinge of cult, and it will take all of the West Coast Avengers working together, uncomfortable love triangles, and personal problems be damned, in order to save the day. Sexy undercover mission, here we come. Also, did Gwenpool find it and adopt a baby land shark? Why, yes, yes she did. Baby shark, dude, dude. <laughs> I have yet to actually hear that song. I'm gonna have to look it up. We we went out to dinner tonight, and as we get in the car, she goes, uh, "Zoe goes, great, I got that song stuck in my head. <laughs> like, what song? And and where were you listening to music? She goes, "Well, I was listening to music while doing my homework. It helps me think. Like, okay, cool. What song stuck in your head? She goes, "You don't know it. It kind of goes like <laughs> Howard the Duck." <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: and I just looked right at her and I said, Karma. <laughs> so Bart, your second pick of the week.
0: My second pick of the week is the Spider Geddon trade paperback, Covert Ops. Many are the missions in Spider Geddon and two very different squads of web slingers undertake some of the deadliest. Kane, Jessica, Spider-Woman Drew, Ashley Barton from the Old Man Logan universe, and brand new characters Astra Spider and Spider-Kid are the Spider-Force. But their first assignment might well be their last. Are they prepared to sacrifice everything to save the multiverse? Elsewhere, original Spider-Girl May Mayday Parker teams up with her Prime Universe namesake, Anya Corazon and Annie May Parker, a.k.a. Spiderling, of the Renew Your Vows world. Mayday will do anything to protect your little brother from the Inheritors, and Anya's knowledge of the mystical spider totems could save the day. But how does Annie fit in with this trio of Spider-Girls? That is the most times I've ever said spider in one minute.
1: (laughs) Well, you just added one right then. A bar, so was, that is the what? Most. What was that again? It is spider gun. Okay. Just want to make sure we're Just talking one...
2: about spider geddon <laughs> <laughs> It'd be bad if we were talking about spider geddon but we're talking about spider geddon so it's cool. Yeah, so at least it's not like at least not like Fight Club, right? Oh yeah. Oh good yeah. lord! We'd are to be in trouble right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> First rule of spider geddon do not talk about spider geddon So, Eric,
1: your second pick of the week.
2: My second pick of the week is Marvel Comics Presents Number Two by Charles Soule, Paulo Siqueira, and Art Adams. Again, there's that name. And if you don't know who that is, I'm going to pray for you. Three fantastic fables in one mighty magazine. First, a tale of Logan in the fabulous 50s. Then, a new swinging story of the jungle's cursed crusader, Gorilla Man. Finally, Reed Richards and Victor Von Doom entered the space race as Sputnik
1: takes orbit. Okay. Kylan, you're... Your f- second pick of the week.
2: My
3: second pick of the week is Black Panther number nine, brought to us by Tanahisi Coates. We have Walker and Daniel Akuna, the intergalactic empire of Wakanda, the gathering of my name, part three. The Panther faces a creature of nightmares in the fight against the Jaka and his empire. The Maroons embark on a journey myth, but the loss of their leader, Nyama continues to haunt and the true
1: monster lies in wait. Okay. Well, my final pick of the week as we head into this final round. One of my favorites can't wait for the six-inch figures in the Black Series to come out for this trio, because those look pretty darn good. Um, if you don't know what trio I'm talking about, well, it goes with Star Wars Dr. Aphra number 29. Um, Worst Among Equals Part 4. Rogue Archaeologist Dr. Aphra continues her race against time, and total bodily explosion, with with only professional murder droid Triple Zero for company. Facing firing squads, harpoon, fleeing Reptiles and the worst of all, really bad traffic. So she's here in Orlando. Apparently so. Apparently so. Uh they have no idea they're being washed by the dailiest imperial threat of all. Universal Studios. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh the coalition the Coalition for Progress faced the unmitigated terror of the Empire's public relations division. And like I said, Hasbro announced uh, I guess they're coming out later this year in the Black Series line. Afra, Et1, and Triple Zero, each one with their own six-inch Black Series figure. Nice. Uh, on my wish list.
2: <laughs> That's probably the most unnecessary thing you'll say today.
1: True. Only because we know you so well. Hey, I, I, when this character, when when Afra was created and first appeared in the original Vader series, I said then she was the greatest character ever for for a new one, one of the best characters I've ever seen written for a Star Wars comic. Mm
2: -hmm. Didn't, I I want to say that when we were talking with Jordan White, I can't remember if it was either here on the show or at Celebration, we asked him if he had any idea that Dr. Aphra was going to take off like she has. Mm
1: -hmm. And I I think he, I don't think anybody had that feeling. To me, yeah, it's a great surprise. Despite other Star Wars podcasters criticizing her, oh, it's just a f- part of the female agenda. Why do we need another? Um, because for the Vader series, you had to have someone to play against Vader. Yeah. And I don't think a male or an alien would have done it. She's kind of a cybernetic implant. She was perfect, especially with the droid. I No, I mean... She is the anti-Luke Skywalker, anti-Han Solo, wrapped up in one. Yeah. She's, she's just a
2: good overall character. It doesn't matter what her gender is. No. It right. doesn't matter what her species is. She's just a really good character. And I think that's what's that's why people have taken to her because she's kind of unlike so many other Star Wars characters that we've seen.
1: Oh yeah, and, and I think the other thing that upsets a lot of people too is she's canon. The comics are canon. That started in 2015. She's yeah. canon. Trips and BT are canon. So yeah. maybe we do see them in the Mandalorian. I would, I, would love love to, to see I would love to see him as a as like background extras. I would flip, you know what? I would flip I, my I, lid.
2: I'd be even okay with her just being mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, granted, I would love to see her. Yep, so just 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 for whatever you do, don't cast Betty White to play her. No. No, I I, I kind of got slapped <laughs> down
1: on that. Uh Bart, how about your final pick of the week?
2: My
0: final pick is Captain America number eight. Uh Captain of Nothing continues. Cap accused, Cap in custody, Cap killer. As the Power Elite makes its play against the Star-Spangled Avenger, Captain America is in no position to fight back. Who
1: stands with Cap? Okay. Uh, Eric, your final pick of the week.
2: My final pick of the week is a trade paperback. It is Deadpool classic trade paperback, volume 23, Mercs for Money by Cullen Bunn, Salva Espen, and Ibn Coelho. Uh, When Deadpool cashes in by franchising out his look, Stingray, Massacre, Solo, Full Killer, Terror, and Slapstick suit up as the mercs for money. But they're all about to learn that Deadpool is a terrible boss. And the risky missions Wade assigns just aren't worth the cash he's barely paying. Long before the M4M are revolting and a new squad forms, with Domino calling the shots. Then, remember back during the original Secret Wars when Deadpool found the symbiotic costume that would later bond with Spider-Man? No? Well, the costume remembers. And months after later, when Spidey rejects it, the costume tracks down Deadpool again. Witness an untold story from Wade Wilson's past as Deadpool. Deadpool goes back in black. Collecting Deadpool and the Mercs for Money, numbers one through five, Deadpool and the Mercs for Money, numbers one through eight, and Deadpool back in black, numbers one through five. Only
1: one thing to say about that. We are just no good at that. <laughs> no. Uh, Kylan, your final pick of the week.
3: My final pick is Daredevil number two, brought to us by Chip Zdarsky, Marco Cicchetto, and Julian Totino Tedesco. Classified. Putting I the class in classified, are we? Yeah, pretty much as yes, what they did.
1: Okay. Well, I've also got the MU pick of the week, and uh, it's not classified. Um, I, went from, I went with a story that came out. April 14th, 2010. And the writer is Scott Snyder before he jumped over to Marvel or to uh, DC. And the penciler is Manuel Garcia and it's Iron Man. Norwa, uh, from the fountain of youth to the hanging gardens of Babylon, Tony Stark has conquered them all, but only his closest confidence. know it's all one last ditch effort to cure the disease that's slowly killing him. Um, but someone has been selling out Stark industry secrets to count. the nefar- and his Nazi sympathizers, and it's only a matter of time before they catch up with Tony on his latest quest. Uh, and among the Marvel covers, Marvel's covers on Tony Stark's gallery uh, features the ghost MODOK and Fing-Fang-Foom. See-Fi-Fo-Fong, so, Fing-Fang-Foom. That's pretty much it. Okay. So, um... So, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. 12 picks because of scheduling mishaps that worked out in our favor. Uh, so we had Bart with us. Um, any final thoughts before we go?
2: Nope. 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 Aside from thanks, Bart, for coming in. No problem. And remember, you got to look up
1: Rick Jones.
0: I will. I'm, t- I'm looking it up right now. Cool.
1: <laughs> well, on that note, um, I'm going to say it's time to wrap it up. Thursday, if you would, please
2: preparing to power down and begin diagnostics.
1: Oh, and uh, I guess make it so.
2: sure this is the right guy modok is infallible then he must be
0: toying with us playing us for fools he's even more diabolical than we thought